You're listening to Mini Battlefield Games Podcast, a weekly podcast making tabletop games simplified. Building, painting, reviews, and tools. We cover tabletop miniature games and much, much more. Pull up a seat, pick up the brush, and sit back. Relax for some tips, tools, and rules with these two fools. Welcome to episode 13. Uh, I'm Adam, and today we are going to talk about um, something a little bit different, actually, in this episode. It's going to be our first interview episode, um, where we're going to meet with uh, Zechariah from Train Made Easy. Um, basically, uh, he sets up uh, Papercraft. He has a little Etsy store that you can go to um, and, and take a look at the stuff that he's got. He's got some really cool stuff. Um, and we'll talk about it, uh, what it is, what you need uh, to get started on it, and uh, basically how you can get uh, into his uh, train pieces um, for relatively no cost at all. Um, so anyways, uh, without further ado, before we get started, uh, I want to um, want to wanna thank our patrons, Al, Brian, Michael, and Kyle. Um, just wanted to uh, thank you so much for your Patreon support. Um, just a reminder, uh, I wanted to do a little, something a little bit different and uh, give a shout out to the top five cities of where our listeners are coming from. So um, basically, I uh, want to shout out to see where people are actually listening to the podcast on. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to list off some here uh, of our top five cities. So let me uh, bring up here, I'm going to look at all time, and then uh, we're going to shout out to our top cities. So we're going to do top th- top three cities. So we have uh, San Francisco, California. So uh, top listeners from there, and then uh, followed by San Jose, California, Mountain View, California, number f- uh, third on the list, um, Ashburn, Virginia. Uh, number four and Laverna Texas uh, is our number five spot so anyways uh, shout out to you guys listening if you're listening to those cities um, you know uh, give me a shout out uh, it's really cool to, to see where people are listening from um, we have um, some people listening from uh, Sweden Portugal Japan uh, of course the United Kingdom Canada all over the place. Uh, some people from uh, Normandy and Manchester, some really awesome places. Um, so anyways, I uh, just wanted to give a shout out to uh, those people listening in some of those uh, the top cities. So um, United States is obviously uh, our top country of listeners since we're based out of the United States. Uh, but then we have United Kingdom and then uh, Canada uh, close behind. So um, anyways, um, I wanted to, before we get into the interview, uh, I wanted to remind you, we've got our monthly drawing. Basically, what it is, is we like to give back to all of our listeners, everybody that supports us. It doesn't cost you anything. You just go to minibattlefieldgames.com, uh, click on the link for the monthly drawing and uh, the directions and, and fine print and everything on how to how to get registered for that. So, uh, this, this month, uh, month of March, uh, basically the drawing occurs 
on the last Friday of the month. So this drawing, we're going to be giving away a Primaris Marine uh, Captain. So uh, you can check it out, look at the pictures and stuff like that on that uh, if you would like to as well. Uh, but anyways, uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into the in today's interview. Um, and uh, uh, once again, we're talking to Zechariah from Terrain Made Easy. All right, guys, uh, this is our, uh, uh, we got an interview today. So this is actually our first interview on the podcast. Um, but uh, we got uh, uh, Zechariah from Terrain. Uh, Terrain made easy, um, so we're gonna we're gonna sit and talk with him for a little bit and uh, kind of pick his brain and uh, see what he's got going on. Um, see what uh, uh, what he can offer some some good advice and uh, what 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 they exactly do. And so, um, but without further ado, uh, let's go ahead and introduce him. Um, so go ahead, uh, let us know. Give us a little bit of backstory about uh, where you're from, uh, what kind of games you like to play, um, and uh, we'll just go from there. Right, awesome. Uh, well, I'm originally from Massachusetts, North Central Massachusetts, and uh, you know the hobby. Me and my brothers, uh, ever since I was about 12 years old, started playing the Lord of the Rings uh, from Games Workshop minis, and from there, you know, we just expanded, fell in love with the different game systems that Games Workshop had to offer, as well as uh, the backstory, the lore. Um, the other various games and expanded to Warhammer, Warhammer 40k and have been playing that ever since, you know, as much as nowadays I don't have as much time for it. Uh, again, just whenever I can, you know, into the hobby and trying to get the best of it and play when I can. So Nice. So, so what edition did you get started on? Um, I believe for Warhammer, we started around fourth or fifth edition, fourth or fifth like right edition. when fourth edition was ending, and then when fifth edition started. Nice, nice. Yep. Uh, so, um, would you say forty k is your favorite favorite game right now? It bounces back and forth. You know, sometimes I'll be in the mood for forty k, other times I'll be in the mood for Warhammer. Um, but right now, you know, forty k has been the past taken up the past like six months of my gaming life. So <laughs> yeah. yeah so, right now okay. so, uh, are you, let me ask you this too. Uh, so are you a, do you enjoy the hobby or you do enjoy the game more? So do you like painting? Um, or? Again, that's something like over the years it's changed before I, I really enjoyed playing and, you know, being with my brothers and having a club and playing together. But again, you know, life kind of hits you and you have less time and me and my brothers live away from each other so you can't really play games so again recently i've enjoyed like the painting aspect and the collecting and the the modeling and backstory um yeah. of collecting nice. uh nice was before i used to be more into the gaming aspect of it right yeah 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 i think uh I, I tend to have more time to paint, so <laughs> yeah, I can paint by myself. But playing the games, you know, you, yeah, you need somebody. Yeah, you, you need know? somebody, and it the more you have, the better it is usually. So um, that's really cool. Yeah. Um. As I uh, before we actually started recording this, uh, uh, I, I talked to Zechariah. We we've had a couple uh, conversations, uh, you know, on Facebook and social media and stuff like that, and so. 
Um, we're going to get into, uh, you know, uh, Train Made Easy, and we're going to talk about what he does, what he has to offer, and stuff like that. So, um, But uh, he is military, and um, I just want to take a second and say thank you for your service. Um, uh, we really appreciate that. We live in a great country, and we have freedoms because of you. And so I just want to say thank you real quick for that um, before we move on to uh, uh, talking more about uh, Train Made Easy. So appreciate your service. Thank you. Um, so, uh, so let's, let's, let's talk about train made easy. So, uh, when did you start, um, and, and kind of tell us a little bit about why you started. Right. So, uh, started it, uh, just this January, 2018. So, uh, relatively new and really the biggest reason I started it is, you know, being a collector of miniatures, you know, I've, I've got this large collection, uh, I've got five armies between my Warhammer and 40k collection, you know, and just massive armies. And I just, you know, I wanted uh, terrain to accompany that. And it's just nowadays so hard to find terrain that is affordable. You go online and you can maybe buy a ruined city or a ruined city set for like $90 or a bunker for 25. And then it's unpainted. You got to wait a week for it to get shipped. And I've barely painted my armies and, <laughs> right. and I paint this terrain. Um, it's just so much of a hassle that, or I've tried building my own terrain and, you know, it, it comes out good, but again, it's time consuming. It takes time away from painting your armies and playing the game that I was like, there's got to be another solution. There's got to be an easier way to have terrain that's both affordable but it also looks good on the battlefield and it matches the setting of both 40k and Warhammer. And so I thought back, I'm not sure if you remember, um, if you've ever played like Dungeons and Dragons back in the day, by when it used to be uh, WizKids. Um, and they came out with a, a few PDF files that you could print off. It was like just a forest hut and then like a tavern city walls, things like that. Right. But it was, you could print it off a PDF, cut it out, um, and then just glue it um, or tape it together, and then you'd have terrain. And it was easy. You just need a printer, some ink, and then a little bit of your time, and you'd have these, like a full town, medieval town to do your adventures in. Nice. And I was like, you know, maybe if I could do something like that, you know, I'm pretty creative on the computer, digital-wise. You know, started playing around with, like, different um, ways to paint and texture on the computer and digital um, art. And started with my first uh, building, which was a bunker. And just started building more buildings after that. And I was like, you know, I got to share this with other people. You know, like, I found a way to quickly and mass produce terrain. Because, again, like, once you have the PDF you can print off 10 bunkers. So right. mass produce production line, almost these bunkers. I'm like, I found a way to make my table come to life, you know, and fill it full of terrain. So why not share it with other people? And so that's how I started terrain made easy. And the main goal is to sell terrain that looks good and also is affordable for gamers. That way you're not, spending $30 on a piece of plastic you got to paint and got to wait a week to get it in the mail. 
so yeah absolutely and and just to kind of jump ahead a little bit um i've actually gotten my hands on some of them and uh i have i have a colored laser printer and printed them out and they look amazing so um and and we'll have some links in the show notes for this uh minibattlefieldgames.com slash episode 13 um we'll have uh links to uh different images and stuff like that and i'll also have a video review on this stuff and i'm going to go through and you know do a little quick tutorial on how to make some stuff um i'm sure zechariah is going to give us some tips uh he's shared with me some of some of the stuff that he likes to do uh to make them even that much better um and make them uh you know build easy and and just uh, kind of clean them up a little bit um when, when once you get them together and stuff like that but uh, we'll talk about that a little bit uh more later like uh, in specifics but um so so you 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 kind of talked about the problem you're trying to solve is uh, a lot of us like me. Um, so I'm here in my studio and I have tons of unpainted plastic. And so <laughs> you like me, like anybody in our hobby, we have tons of plastic that's not painted, let alone like we neglect our plastic, like the actual miniatures, but our terrain like kind of gets, eh, well, well, we'll do something with it. And, uh, you know, I've I've come to find that you know the terrain really is what makes the game. Like you, when you when you have nice looking stuff on the table with you know good looking uh, miniatures, um, you know buildings to go under, crates to jump on, you know all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, it really brings brings the game and the battles to life. And so um, with good looking stuff that 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 they're producing here um, at Train Made Easy. Um, makes it so much easier, so much quicker. Um, and you can, like you said, mass produce it. So, um, so give us, give us kind of an insight. So like, um, how, how you come to design this stuff. So like, uh, obviously you don't want to share all your secrets, uh, which we understand that, but, but like, so, so do you like randomly look at sci-fi stuff or you kind of like do some research or you're like, Hey, that's, this would look cool. Um, let's do this metal or, you know, this color or, uh, how, how do you come up with your ideas for, for terrain? Um, well, the original, like, my first bunker that I ever created, it was strongly based off of the Imperial Guard uh, bunker from the game Dawn of War. Mm. Um, you know, it was just a simple uh, hex shape, and then with the edges coming out. And that was kind of, I kind of wanted to, not really copy, but use Dawn of War buildings as my inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the first few sets of buildings I made. And then I was like, well, I can't kind of go with just this one line of buildings. You know, I got to expand it because I'm not just catering to Warhammer 40k fans, mm-hmm. even though that is a large percentage of gamers. I'm catering to all gamers, war gamers that... Mm-hmm. Um, play whether it be bolt action, 40k, um, Necromunda, whatever, whatever the game system is. Right, right. So it's like need to build more generic games. So as of right now, um, a lot of the decision making for what I build next and inspiration is it's got to follow these few basic um, guidelines. Is it generic? Is it something that you know whether you're playing in a futuristic setting in like a spaceship cargo hole or if you're on a planet that's like got a jungle um 
let's say, forward operating base. Like, will this terrain apply to that setting? Will it fit in that setting? So a lot of my inspiration, it has to be, um, as of right now, generic to fit into multiple settings, multiple game types. And that's what I'm trying to reach right now is um, that large population, essentially, and get that the most for your buck instead of buying a terrain piece that only works in a jungle environment. And then you can't use it if you're playing in the city. Um, so as far as like inspiration as to like what to do and texture, you know, I'm always like looking up like futuristic buildings Mm -hmm. and design and stuff like that. And again, trying to keep it so it's not because, you know, especially in 40 K you have a lot of different, um, for the different nations and armies such as Tau or Eldar, we have very specific, um, building styles. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of try to stay away from that and look towards more generic looking futuristic, uh, buildings, but that can also apply to a multitude of nations or races in the game. So, and again, it's like textures that I look for, you know, as I'm building something, I'm like, okay, what, what would be a good texture to add to this? Um, so a lot of times I try to like keep it very metallic. And use a lot of metallic textures and then maybe change the color on it, add some dirt, um, really whatever kind of makes it look good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like I said before, you know, I've got some that I, that I was able to look at and different things like that. And they, the textures are really good. So like we've even got like chip paint. There's some, it looks like there's some, uh, bullet holes, like, uh, like something's been hit head on kind of stuff. Some, a little bit of rust and stuff like that with some of the shipping containers and um yeah they they you know from from you know sitting on your table they, they look amazing and so um and i printed mine with cardstock so they're actually pretty sturdy too so you know i can set a miniature on there and have confidence that it's not going to crush <laughs> or fall over <laughs> or whatever you know maybe i wouldn't put magnus on one of the little tiny cubes but you know um they they, they are uh, actually pretty pretty sturdy compared to what i was you know originally imagining um because i haven't done a whole lot of paper crafting kind of stuff and um so but yeah this is really cool printed out print out uh 500 or till till your printer runs out of ink or whatever and uh go to town on cutting these and so (laughs) but um so um so let's talk about like so if i were to um want to want to get started in paper crafting with this, with the terrain that you offer, like walk me through the process on, on what that looks like. So, um, you know, you know, from, from getting it to printing it, to building it, to cutting it, uh, that kind of stuff. So, uh, walk us through what that looks like. What, what, what can I expect? Uh, well, uh, first you'll expect like a PDF document. Once you purchase the actual terrain, uh, PDF, and that will be downloadable as soon as you buy it. And you can just save that to your computer, save it in a hard uh, hard drive or uh, a, uh, like a, a drive. flash drive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, flash drive of sorts. Um, and then from that point, you know, just open up the document and print it off on your printer. And usually most of my terrain pieces are less or fewer than five sheets uh, of paper. 
that varies depending on the size of the terrain piece, but that's what you're looking at for like an average paper count. Um, once you have that, it's relatively simple. You cut around the lines. Um, they're all right there. There's all of my pieces will have white tabs. Um, you'll fold those and again, fold where the lines are. Sometimes it, depending on the textures, um, I know for the shipping crates, it is a little difficult to see some of the lines, and that's also to hide once it's fully assembled. You don't see these giant black lines going in the middle of your texture. Um, so again, fold those lines, and then my favorite uh, thing to do instead of using glue is double-sided scotch tape. Mm. And, you know, just that provides it... Uh, that really makes it easy to assemble the piece and you can assemble it really quick and you're not, you know, gluing your fingers together, anything <laughs> crazy like that. Um, we all yeah, know how that stick. So yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then after that, what I like to do is on the edges where you see white around, I like to take a black Sharpie and kind of Sharpie that in that way you don't see any white, peeking through the cracks because um, again when you assemble these you depending on how you assemble them if it's your first time um or if you don't fold it to like the right length or whatever you might have even myself you might have white sticking through it and that's just the precautionary measure to ensure that it still looks good um even if you may make slight mistakes which always happens <laughs> um and then uh, another thing that I like to do is adding a little bit of weight, like maybe add pennies to the bottom. That makes it so it doesn't move around on the table a whole lot because they're very lightweight. Um, and that really just keeps them on the table and from moving around. Nice. So, and then it's it's really that simple. There's not a whole lot of steps to it. It's print, cut, fold, and glue or tape. And then you've got terrain that's ready to play with, and you can set you guys up around it, defend it. You know, right. So, so how do you how do you cut yours out? Like, so what do you see as the best best way to do that? Um, I mean, I've heard people use exacto knives, and if you want, if you really want a precision based, and want to like take the extra time and use an exacto knife, uh, by all means, that is you're gonna have better terrain that way. But I don't see that as necessary, mm -hmm. and I just use basic scissors, you know, as long as they cut good enough and they don't um, fray the paper edges. Nice. I like the scissors. I've also heard, again, if you want to use an exacto knife, there's a way you can cut the edge that you are folding and do a slight incision on it, and that will help you fold the cardstock, because, again, it's, it's a thicker cardstock, and depending on the thickness of paper you use, mm -hmm. um, you may need to do that in order to assist the fold. But again, I don't necessarily do that. But if you want to take the uh, extra steps, then go for it. You know, that's there's always those people who want to go above and beyond. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually did use the exacto knife of mine. I put them, laid that cardstock down on the uh, on the cutting cutting mat and just kind of went to town on it. Because. Um, yeah. I was like, eh, I could cut these with center scissors, but I, I feel like some of the sharper edges, I'd kind of round them a little bit too much. Yep. Um, but I found that 
the more I made, the better I got. And the cool thing was, is if I screwed one up, I can be, like, uh, I just print another one, you know? So, um, so I screwed one up and, uh, um, and then, and then depending on what you're making and stuff, uh, you know, you could, um, some are a lot easier than others to build and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's actually, uh, that kind of segues into this part. Like, so let's talk about what, what you have available right now. So, um, I understand you have a Facebook page, you know, like where you share and you're really active on there. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about some other, other social media stuff if you'd like, um, that we can, um, give our listeners to, to stay in contact with what you got going on, new stuff coming out. Um, but it looks like your main store is the Etsy shop. Is that correct? Yes. That's currently what I've been uh, selling out of, um, right now. Um, I'm probably going to be selling out of that for, at least the rest of the year and i'm I'm thinking about starting my own uh page getting my own domain name and then selling off of that um but we'll see what happens you know it all depends on the growth of the business and a lot of factors cool so yeah um so so uh i'll have the links like i said before uh you can you can click directly from minibattlegames.com slash episode 13 um but he's got some cool stuff up so like he has a trench, um, which uh, I'm actually looking at that one for my bolt action games. Um, and then there's a landing pad, uh, the bunkers. There's there's two types of bunkers. Um, both of them look really cool. Um, then there's a, a shield generator, um, which looks really, really nice, really complicated. I'm like, oh, I don't really know if I could do that one. So uh, we'll see. But then recently you, you uh, released a set. So tell us about the set you just released. Uh, so the set I just released, it's a shipyard uh, container set, and it comes with three different types of containers. Now, each container type I sell individually. We have the uh, shipping containers, which are your pretty much standard shipping containers that you see. Um, then we have these just regular crates, boxes. They stand uh, roughly one and a half inches tall by one and a half inches wide. And then... We have uh, hex-shaped containers, um, all of which have four different colors. We've got red, green, yellow, and blue. And the regular boxes or the regular crates have three different designs uh, or three different, I should say, uh, slightly varying textures Mm -hmm. to them. They're very similar, but they have uh, different patterns. So there's three different patterns for that. And the hexes have two separate patterns, and the shipping containers just have the one. So if you buy them all together, you'll have all those different combinations uh, to print out for. And if you buy them separately, which, you know, let's say you already have the 40K Games Workshop shipping containers, and you're like, I don't need those, and you just buy the other two, you know, you still have those as well. Yeah, very cool. Um, that was actually one of the recent ones I put together was that set. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're really cool. Like, the the measurements on them are, are really nice because, like, the, the, the little crates, the cubes, um, are just, like, the perfect size uh, for, like, a Space Marine. Uh, just so our listeners have a little reference. Um, you, you know, obviously in the show notes we'll have some images and stuff. So you can actually see what these puppies look like. But, um, you know, one of the containers, the Space Marine, can actually hide behind. So... 
Um, and then of course shipping containers a little bit taller, so they can they can definitely hide behind those. Even a little bit larger models can can get behind <coughs> those. And if you set them up right, they would definitely. And then you could kind of stack them and scatter them, and you know all kinds of different stuff. So um, yeah, pretty cool stuff. <coughs> So, um, do you have any, like, any teasers for us? Anything coming in the future uh, that we can be on the lookout for? Um, I mean, as of right now, you know, I'm just trying to grow my product as much as possible. Um, I'm really working whenever I can to push out a new product as fast as possible. Um, I'm looking at doing a lot more sets um, mm -hmm. and combining pieces. Uh I'm going to be doing the landing pad, the shield generator, and then I've got plans to add a power generator and then a armory. Um, mm, nice. Put those all together. That'll be one set. And then I'm looking at doing a defensive line set, which is going to be your bunkers, the trench line, um, some like concrete barricades and like city walls like futuristic city walls that'll be another set so again just a lot more sets is uh what i'm trying to go for that way people have to just make one purchase and then that set alone is pretty much all you need to set up a uh four by six table nice you know nice. that one set you print it off two or three times and assemble it all and that's all you need nice so and again like depending on what you want and varying sets but definitely a lot more sets um is definitely what i'm planning on doing in the future nice so nice so um we we talked a little about about where you can buy this um and we talked about like options so uh you, you release this uh container set um and then we can also buy it individually um but like give us a breakdown on like like costs for like what's what can someone be looking at to to basically deck out their entire board or their entire table right so my main goal is to have my again product as cheap and affordable as possible for new gamers and you know gamers who are just tired and don't want to go out and buy that terrain that's 35 dollars. <laughs> so my goal is to be able to have your table fully set up with terrain for the price of one of those pieces of terrain. So you'll never see one of my sets that is above $35. My shipyard container set is right now at $7. Individual pieces, I'll usually price around $3 to $4. Uh, certain ones that maybe took me a little bit more effort to do and more time consuming as well as uh, more difficult to build, such as the landing pad, you're looking at $5. Um, but again, those are much cheaper than if you go to Games Workshop and I believe their landing pad that they sell is around like 50 to $65. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can print it off as many times as you want. And again, that's my main goal is for the price of one piece that you get any place else, you can set up your whole table. Because yeah. again, you buy that, you can print it off a limited amount of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. And so... So I, I don't know. I just want to emphasize this. Uh, you can get a landing pad for five bucks that is already colored and painted, essentially. So uh, it's a steal. Um, 
yeah, it requires a little bit of effort to build, but I mean, you would have been building it anyway. Um, so um, this one you can put together and it's already textured beautifully um, and has great coloring and, you know, it's ready to go once it's built. Um, you set on the table, it looks looks amazing. So um, it's a real still. So like really now, now that I've discovered this, um, I really no longer have an excuse to um, have unpainted terrain. So uh, <laughs> my printer prints it out in beautiful colors and beautiful textures. And uh, yeah, it looks great. So um, it's uh, going to look better than a lot of my opponent's miniatures. So uh, <laughs> uh, I used, uh, I, I didn't even mention this to you, but um, I, I used to be a commission painter. So um, it really bothers me when, when people, uh, that I play with don't have painted miniatures and I'm just Ugh. like, Oh, come on. Like at least put something on there. Nah. But anyway, um, so, so any, any deals or anything like that? I mean, I mean, I even hate to ask this question cause I, I feel like the, the prices are so good. Um, but, but anything that you got going on that, that, um, uh, listeners would be, uh, curious to get into maybe maybe somebody that's a little bit reluctant to like like kind of for me like you know i don't know about paper crafting you know that kind of stuff i don't know if that's kind of for me um but any any things like any deals or offerings that you got going on that that may be interest to, to somebody listening to this all right well i actually just added a coupon to my etsy store it's 20 percent off and the coupon code is um m B G 20. So mini battlefield games, 20 all caps, the MBG. Um, I'll send you the link. You can click to the link and it'll automatically apply the code. Nice. And that's 20, 20% off, uh, whatever your purchase is. You can buy every single item I have 20% off or you can just buy one. Nice. So nice. That's cool. And, uh, so what, like so, I guess we talked a bit, little bit about um, you know, uh, you you recommended the double sided tape, um, you know, in scissors or exacto knives or whatever to cut it, um, and then so like tell me um, a little bit about printers. So um, I I obviously have a color laser printer, so uh, it prints really well. Uh, what what kind of uh, like so it's full colored. Um, what, what would you recommend as far as like uh, what kind of printer you would use? Would it, would it be worse somebody going to like a FedEx Kinko or something like that and getting it printed off there? Or um, do I need like an insanely good printer? Or, or what, what do you recommend? Um, as far as I've tested, most house printers uh, will do the trick. Um, I personally at home have an Epsod printer. And, you know, it's printed off all my display models that I show. Nice. And, I mean, if people, again, if they want to go above and beyond and go to, you know, Staples or FedEx and get right. that really quality print, you know, by all means, do that. But your standard house printer, as long as it's fully colored and, you know, you got ink in it and you're not <laughs> low on ink or anything, it's going to do just fine. Nice, nice. So really a personal preference thing kind of with that. Uh, oh, definitely. So, um, what about paper? So, uh, we, you know, I mentioned I use cardstock. Uh, if if I printed it on paper, does it does it do okay? Or um, 
is it is it just kind of eh, maybe not maybe not the option can't really go cut on that area some of the smaller pieces uh like the crates you know they they do okay because you know they have that sturdy build right it's, it's just cute you know so it's very uh sturdy right but some of your other pieces if you just use paper you know it's not going to cut it especially like the landing pad um with the cardstock I use, and I can set my flyers onto that, and it'll hold it up. Nice. I think I, I even have a photo of one of my flyers that's just sitting on the landing pad. You know, it's holding up just fine. It's not waning or going to break it. But some piece like that, I definitely use cardstock. But your little or smaller pieces, you know, if you don't want to, you know, put cardstock in your printer you might be able to get away with just basic printer paper. But again, nice. like I'd, I'd recommend just use cardstock. Um, it's not that much more expensive. You can get, I believe like a hundred sheets for like $5. Nice. Um, and 110 pound, uh, cardstock. Nice. Nice. So, so that's what you recommend? Like the 120 pound. Yeah. hundred, 110, 120. Okay. Um, again, and if you want to go above that, if you feel that, you know, you want to be more sturdy or if you want to, you know, cut costs and go a little bit lower, you know, again, really personal preference on that. Cool. Cool. Cool deal. Well, um, uh, thanks again for, for taking the time. Um, and, and once again, I'll, I'll, I'll mention the, the code that, that uh, Zechariah has given us. Uh, it's MBG for Mini Battlefield Games 20, uh, all caps. Uh, for 20% off of his Etsy store and you'll be able to check that out in the show notes. I'll have a direct link to that um, that help provide us. So, um, but uh, so uh, if anyone wanted to get in contact with you, uh, what, what's the best way to do that? Um, usually the best way is to just go straight to my Facebook page. I'm always answering people's questions on that. Nice. Um, and I'm very active on that. You know, I try to keep up with that. That's my main source of advertisement and keeping in touch with customers and really getting my product out there nice nice and uh also just just to kind of give you some more insight uh if you go check out his facebook page um he's he's doing some cool stuff um giving away some things and uh doing some drawings and and stuff like that so you definitely want to check it out if this is something you want to be interested if you want great looking terrain uh for almost nothing uh, you definitely want to check that out and, and um, see what he's got going on. Follow. Uh, and then when he releases his new stuff, he's going to post there, and uh, you'll be one of the first to know and be able to snatch that up and uh, get that on your table. Um, looking great. Um, really nice nice stuff coming out. So I'm excited to see what's coming up. Um, so <laughs> I can't wait. So, But uh, thanks again for uh, taking the time. Um, we really appreciate it. Okay. If you would like to get connected and continue the conversation with other listeners and members of the MBG community, join us at minibattlefieldgames.com slash community. We would love to have you. This has been the Mini Battlefield Games Podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next time, keep on wargaming. <laughs>